Chapter Seven of the Little House in the Fairwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Little House in the Fairwood by Ethel Cook Elliot. Chapter Seven: Tree Mother and the Drowsy Boat. Let's play hide and go seek cried the forest children, for that is always their favorite game. Up jumped Wildstar, down fluttered the bird fairies, in crowded the forest children, and the tree men counted out for them. He pointed his finger at each in turn while he said this words, which he made up on the spot. Stakes are racing in the flood, trees are racing in the wood, in the treetops winds are racing, in the sky tops clouds are chasing, in the tree heart snug and warm we hear nothing of the storm when we play at hide and seek it is you must count the sheep at you the finger pointed at Aaron, and it meant that he was to be it put your head here on my knee shut your eyes and count one hundred sheep jumping over a stone wall not too fast explained the tree man while you are counting the others hide, anywhere in this room and anywhere on the stairs, outdoors is no fair. But where are the sheep? asked Eric, and how can I count them with my eyes shut? Everyone suddenly looked puzzled. The forest children's eyes grew wide with wondering. The bird fairies fluttered uneasily. The tree girl seemed dazed. Wild Star said, Why? We never thought of that. Where are they? But Ivra laughed and ran to Eric. She took his hand and said, The sheep are inside your own head. Just shut your eyes and try to see them. It is very easy. The wall is low and there is a place where the stones are beginning to roll down. The sheep go over there, one by one. Eric shut his eyes and put his head down on the tree man's knee and it began to happen just as Evra had said. There was a green hill pa pasture, a little gray stone wall slanting across it, and sheep, one by one, jumping where the wall was broken down, following their leader. He counted one hundred of them, and then stopped, although a dear little lamb was trotting down the hill, trailing the procession. He wanted to see if the lamb would be able to jump the wall too, but the tree man had said one hundred, so he stopped and opened his eyes. Things were strange. The tree man was nothing but an old stump. The room felt very cold and it was bare. The fire in the boulder had gone out. But he heard a soft fluttering somewhere and took heart. The bird fairies, they might be hiding high, having wings. He went all around the room, looking up in the dusk. At last, there they were in row on a beam. Their wings spread over their eyes. Bird fairies, I spy, cried Eric, and ran towards the stump. But wings are swifter than feet, and bird fairies reached the goal first. He found Evra at the top of the second flight of stairs, curled up in a shadow. I spy and he ran just as fast as he could down the stairs. He was ahead of her to the door, and thought he would surely win. 
but she passed him in the room and touched the stump first. The tree girl, of all places, was kneeling behind the stump. Of course she touched it the minute Eric spied her, and so she was safe. The forest children were hiding, some in the hall behind the door, some on the stairs, one under the table, and every one of them beat him to the go and touched it first. Now there is only Wildstar, Ivra cried. You must catch him, Eric, or else you'll have to be it again. Wildstar was outside, up in the top of the tree in the starlight. Eric discovered him by seeing one of the tips of his purple wings, which was caught in a crack of the sky door. I spy, he called, and pulled the wingtip to let Wildstar know he was found. But of course, Wildstar passed him like a flesh, his strong wings beating down. Tears of vexation welled in Eric's eyes, one thing he had gained though, but he had found them all, even though he could not run so fast as they. The tree man had come back, and sat there in the place of the stump, and all was warm and bright again. The tree man had only wanted to prove for himself that Eric could see Wildstar, the bird fairies, and the others, without Ira to point them out to him. But he felt satisfied now that Eric's eyes were really clear, and that he would never hurt any of them by looking through them or pretending that they did not exist. Wild star is it now, he said, for he didn't play fair going outside like that. Oh, I forgot outside was no fair, cried Wild Star, laughing. So this time Eric hid with the others while Wild Star countered sheep. He ran widely all around the room trying to find a hiding place, but everywhere there was someone ahead of him. At last he came back to the tree man himself with Wild Star counting sheep at his knee. Ninety-five. Ninety-six, ninety-seven, counted Wildstar. Oh dear, oh dear, Eric whispered to himself in despair. Ivra was hiding behind the tree man, and so she jumped out and pulled Eric back to hide with her. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine, one hundred. Wildstar started up, and never thinking to look behind the tree man, went circling the room in swift flight. He saw Ivra and Eric as he flew over their heads, of course, and they laughed and touched the tree man first. But he caught most of the others, even the forest children, who were so swift and clever. After that, almost everyone had to take his turn at being it. When the merry game came to an end at last, they gathered around the boulder fireplace. The twigs were glowing embers now, and looked like myriads of golden flower buds. Then the forest children began clamoring for a world story. So Ivra climbed up on the tree man's knee, and tipping her head back against his chest, looked into the fire and told one of the Helma's world stories. It was a story of a glacier. That may not sound like a very interesting story to you, but if you could hear Ivra tell it in all its wonder, just as Helma had told it to her, you would never ask for a better story. No, you would ask for that one over and over again, as the forest children did the minute she was through. But instead of telling that one over, Ivra told another, a little story about some eggs and brood of chickens. And they wanted that over. But there must be an end to everything. 
and so the tree girl brought out a bowl of beech nuts and they forgot the stories and ate as much as they wanted there were apples too big and red and cold cheeked everyone was hungry when all were satisfied there was sudden whispering among the guests the bird fairies fluttered and hummed with excitement the forest children's eyes began to shine expectantly ivra who still sat on the tree man's knee spoke what they were all thinking the surprise she said to the tree man you know you promised us a surprise tonight is it time for it yet yes said the tree man it is high time come put on your cloaks it's a cold night but the surprise they all cried at once we don't want to go home until we have had the surprise oh the surprise is up in the branches my mother is there with her airboat waiting to take you all home the forest children clapped their hands and jumped up and down until their sandal laces that were not already loose and flapping came undone and flapped too while star sprang toward the stairs his face alight ivra slipped down from the tree man's knee and ran to eric the tree mother the dear beautiful tree mother we are to see her and ride with her she cried then she dashed away for her cloak the forest children with the tree girl's help were tumbling into theirs wrong and tumultuously ripping off buckles in their hurry the tree mother the dear tree mother their little teeth chattered in ecstasy when all were ready they crowded up the straight stair light stairs at the top they crawled out through the sky door one by one into the branches eric followed ivra and saw a great black moth like thing poised in air by the tree's top but it was hollowed like a boat and shadowy woman was standing upright in it a dark cloak covered her but the hood had fallen back and her face in the starlight was very beautiful and very young younger even than helma's whose face eric had thought all that day too young and glad to be a mother's how could this be the tree man's mother he wondered the tree girl's grandmother then he saw that her hair was white whiter than all the snow that lay in the forest it was a very cold evening there and clinging in the tip of the great beech tree the forest below was still and dark but the air and the wintry star-filled sky were bright with a blue cold light after the warmth at the heart of the tree the cold was almost unbearable eric longed to wave his arms about and jump up and down to get warm but he had to cling still and motionless to the branches to keep from falling at last ivra whispered it's our turn now and taking eric's hand she made him jump with her right out into the cold space for one awful instant he thought they were both falling down down to the ground but they had only dropped into the airboard the tree mother leaned forward and pulled a blanket over them her eyes as she did it looked straight into eric's they were dark and deep as a forest shadows he began to speak to tell her who he was for her look was questioning 
but she put her finger to her lips. Then he noticed for the first time that everyone was silent. Even the tree man and his daughter, who stood in the treetop waving goodbye, spoke no words, only nodded and waved. The last bird fairy fluttered noiselessly in. Eric lay back under the warm blanket, snuggled against Ivra. A bird fairy nestled into the palm of each of his hands. All was still and warm. The airboard slipped away high and higher over the treetops and on and on. On a cold starlit night, nestled in feathery warmth to sail over the dark treetops, high and higher and on and on, that is a wonderful thing. And when the tree mother stands above you, wrapped in her dark cloak with her face shining under her cloudy white hair, now and then bending to tuck the blanket more snugly about you, what could be more blissful? Very soon, Eric became drowsy against his will. His eyelids dropped like curtains, shutting out the stars. But he roused when the boat stopped, hovered, and sank down like a bird until it rested on the crusted snow in the middle of a tiny village of tiny moss houses. Only now, of course, the houses were covered with snow and looked like baby Eskimo huts. The forest children crept sleepily out of the boat, kissing the tree mother goodbye as though in a dream. Not a word was spoken. There was the creak of the little feet on the cold snow, and that was all. Each child went alone into his little house. They were lighted and looked warm through the doors, and the tree mother nodded as though they were well. But before the airboat had risen out of sight, the lights were all out, and the forest children sound asleep, snuggled into their moss beds. From then on, stops were frequent, and Eric woke at each one. At every bird fairy nest at which they stopped, the tree mother leaned from the boat and scooped the crusted snow out of the nest. Then when the bird fairy was settled down, she powdered the snow with her fingers until it was soft, and heaped it over the little creature who was already asleep. Wild Star was left in the tip of the tallest tree in the forest. There he lay without covering, his face up to the cold sky, his arms flung back about his head, his wings folded tight. He half opened his slumberous eyes on the tree mother as a boat floated away. But before the smile in them faded, he was asleep. There was straight, sure, even flying then to Helma's little house, set in its snowy garden, and down they sang to the doorstone. The tree mother carried Ivra, who was fast asleep, in her arms. The fire leapt when they entered, until the walls and the floor danced with light. The tree mother undressed Ivra, who never once opened her eyes and tucked her into bed. Then she helped Eric, who was fumbling and missing buttons in a sleepy way. But he was awake enough to kiss her goodnight. And that was the end of everything until morning. End of chapter 7